Now they go to Cincinnati, a team that is red hot, knocked off the Kansas City Chiefs. Joe Burrow is in rhythm with that offense, even with Chase just working his way back into the lineup. Joe Mixon didn't even play, so Samaj P. Ryan holding it down defensively. They're playing with physicality. Yeah, Cincinnati right now, man. I've got to get my hats off to the two safeties they have there in Bates, as well as Bell. They're playing some great, phenomenal football. Tanum's one of the best Tanum's in the league, as well as Mike Hilton coming off doing some different things in the slot. He's a key player to always watch and keep your eye on. Happy Tuesday, football fans. It's Isaac Sines with you here on the Pro Football Chase Podcast. Excited to be with you for another week here as we move on in the NFL season. Week 14 is upon us. My co-host, NFL safety, J.J. Wilcox, is with us on the podcast again. So, J.J., before we get into a bevy of topics and some of these game picks, how are you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing good, All right, man. It's another week, another blessing. Um, it's a little rainy out here in Atlanta today, man, but all is well. How about your way? It's going well. Can't complain. It is overcast over here. We've had some rain over here in Texas as well, but you know what? The most important thing is, JJ, it is Tuesday. It is podcast day, and we get yes, to jump into some of these NFL topics. But as we do every single week, JJ, we got to go through our records, man. I had my best record of the season, 12-2. Oh, and one, of course, the one is because of that tie with the Commanders and the Giants. So that's kind of null right. and void. But I'm on a high, man. Those of you who tuned in to last week's podcast, one of my losses was the Eagles beating the Titans. And you know that I was really just pulling for the Titans because I wanted them to upset Philly. <laughs> that didn't work out. But 12-2-1, JJ, I'm feeling pretty good about that. Yeah, that's, that's pretty strong. That's pretty uh, impressive, man. Um, I wasn't too far behind you. Uh, I think you got me with the uh, Atlanta and uh, Philly one, and um, as well as the Kansas City and Cincinnati, which really, really hurts me. Uh, but I think, you know, uh, Cincinnati, man, they, they got a lot of great things going. I know we'll talk about that later on, but uh, yeah, you had a pretty strong week. And also, man, I want to shout out my son, Trey, uh, his birthday today. He just turned six. So, uh, Trey, man, daddy loves you and happy birthday, son. Trey, happy birthday. I hope that you go back and listen to this podcast when we're done recording. Happy birthday to you, young fella, and know that you got yourself a great dad, man. He's done a lot of good stuff, played in the NFL and joining the podcast. So, hey, big respect his way today, JJ. All right. Thank you. Hey, thank you. All right. All right, man, let's get into it. All right, news and headlines, okay? 49ers quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo out for the season, suffered a foot fracture during Sunday's game against the Miami Dolphins. Seventh-round pick Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant because he was the last pick of the draft, will take over as starter. He completed 25 of 37 passes for 210 yards, two touchdowns, one interception in relief of Jimmy G. The Niners won that game 33-17, which I also picked the Niners to get the win but unfortunate news for Jimmy Garoppolo the way he was brought down with that sack his foot twisted the wrong way yeah. but Brock Purdy now the rookie Mr. Relevant he's gonna take over now a team that has some playmakers on the outside Debo Samuel George Kittle of course Christian McCaffrey mm -hmm. do you think that this is gonna be enough offensively in the absence of Jimmy G to keep this San Francisco team in contention well um 
you know what? I think the playmakers does make a difference. I think the playmaking ability that they have uh, does give him a help to kind of not put so much pressure just on one particular person and also the running game that they established as well as the defense too. So um, it's kind of hard to say. I know he kind of snuck in and kind of links. Uh, I know everybody was preparing. Miami was preparing for Jimmy Garoppolo, and then you got this this, this new rookie coming in, and, and he just do different things, different than Jimmy Garoppolo. So um, they got a full a team, got a full week to prepare for him, um, and, and and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and we know what they offer. We we seen what the Goat did last night. So uh, moving forward, man, it's it's going to be interesting to see how everybody adapts to him and how the play call and the different things uh, adapt to him too. So um, I still have faith in in the 49ers, but it'd be interesting to see how they move forward with the new with the new quarterback on the sun. Well, an accolade for Purdy. He became the first Mr. Irrelevant to throw a touchdown pass in a regular season game on Sunday. San Francisco signed the veteran quarterback, the journeyman Josh Johnson, from the Broncos practice squad to serve as Purdy's backup in San Francisco. He already knows the system. At one point, played under Kyle Shanahan. So that's that. We'll keep tabs on how the Niners look with Brock Purdy, but they did get a win. Purdy looks solid. Lamar Jackson suffered a knee sprain during Sunday's game against the Denver Broncos. He's unlikely to play on Sunday against the Steelers, and that is according to head coach John Harbaugh. So with Jackson being week to week, Ravens quarterback Tyler Huntley will start while Jackson is out. And then another big piece of news that came early yesterday morning, J.J., Baker Mayfield, the former number one overall pick, was released by the Carolina Panthers. Interim head coach Steve Wilkes did tell reporters that it was a mutual decision to part ways. They wanted to give Mayfield an opportunity to go make an impact elsewhere because they're moving forward with Sam Darnold as their starter and P.J. Walker as the backup. So Uh those are a couple of big headlines that we have ahead of Week 14. Yeah, uh, some key ones, man. Some, uh, it can make a lot of shape, a lot of different things, different teams right now, as we know, going into the, the crunch weeks and getting into the crunch of the season towards the back end and making playoffs appearances. So um, everybody keep their eyes open and, and, and pay attention, man, because th- th- these are the times where things can get uh, shaky when you have some of your key players out. But the team that stays the most healthiest and has the better depth is the team that's going to we're going to see push and have a deep run in the playoffs. All right, let's get into our player of the week, JJ, as we do every single podcast. And I'm going to go with the Cowboys safety, Malik Hooker. You and I spoke yesterday, and I just talked yep. about how he played against his former team. The Colts took him with a top 15 draft pick. Injuries hit Hooker. He Suffered a couple of torn ACLs, missed time, but he contributed 10 points in that 54-19 blowout win over the Indianapolis Colts. He had that interception. He had a scoop and score after Mo Alley-Cox was brought down by Damone Clark. The ball was punched out. Hooker picked it up and ran 38 yards to the end zone, and so that was a 10-point swing for Malik Hooker, and it's always cool to see a player that comes back from injury and shines against one of his former teams. And that Cowboy trio, J.J., right now of Hooker, J. Ron Kirst, and Donovan Wilson, yeah. I don't know if there's a crew as good as them this season, but Malik Hooker certainly was dominant on Sunday night, and I'm happy for him because he was able to put it all together in primetime. 
Absolutely. Um, he's a guy that's well-deserving. He was a guy that was a playmaker. I had a chance to play with him in Indy, and he was always around the ball, man. As a guy that has great instincts, great ball range, and have great ball skills. So um, it's just good to see um, a guy that's kind of uh, bit by the injury bug the last few two years, but he stepped up in a big way, and his presence was definitely felt against his old team. So I know they had to feel good for them, and then also with the victory as well. So my hat's off to Malik Hooker, man. Well-deserved, and I'll keep, just keep balling, man. And like you say, that trio that Dallas has is one of the, probably one of the best ones we've done seen in Dallas outside of me and Barry Church. <laughs> but yes, sir. We're gonna leave that. <laughs> but no, man, they do a lot of good things, man. Wilson brings a different mentality. He brings uh, that 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 aggressiveness. He can blitz. He can do all different things as well as curse too. So um, I think with those three, you you kind of um, pick your poison with them. You know, you can no weak link on that secondary in the back back definitely in the safety position. So I, I'm very confident. I like what I'm seeing from those those, those trios. All right, JJ, player of the week for you. You going offense, you going defense. What are you feeling? Um, I usually go defense, but this week, man, it's kind of hard for me to overlook this guy. I wanted to, I mentioned him last week, but I'm going to go with him this week. I'm going to go with Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs, man. Those two guys, I know I was supposed to pick one, but those guys both have responded in a big way in back-to-back, back-to-back games, man. Josh, Josh Jacobs doing a good job. Um, as we know, his fifth year got declined, and you know what? Well, he didn't pout. He didn't sit around. He didn't. He didn't be a disaster. He came in and stepped up in a big way and, and leading in a huge way to turn this Raiders teams around. Uh, they got them right at about 500 right before Christmas. We all thought that you know Josh McDaniels might be getting fired of different sorts and different things like that. But he's leading his team in a big way. Devontae Adams stepped up. We knew what he was kept capable of. I told you way back in the beginning that he was one of my MVP favorites, and man. He's stepping up in a big way with eight receptions and 177 yards, man, and just stepping up and making his presence known why he's still one of the top elite receivers. So those are my two MVP. My hat's off to those two players um, when they had everything turned against them and they found a way to overcome it at adversity and, um, and succeed. Devontae Adams, man, every single week he continues to dominate and being that number one weapon for Derek Carr, and he is certainly – valuable to that Raiders offense as they get themselves back into a potential playoff spot. Here we go, week 14. We're getting things started on Thursday night. Speaking of those Las Vegas Raiders, perfect segue into Thursday night's matchup. Las Vegas, all right, 5-7 and seven at the Rams, who are now 3-9. and nine. And you and I both, JJ, the last two weeks, We've picked the Raiders because I think you and I have the same sentiment that this team is headed in the right direction now. They are rejuvenated. They're believing in McDaniels. The Raider Nation certainly is in a much better place right now because they were certainly going through some tough times during that losing streak. They find a favorable matchup here against a banged-up Rams team. Yes, it's going to be at SoFi Stadium, but I bet my bottom dollar that there will be more Raiders fans there at SoFi Stadium than Rams fans. Matthew Stafford, season-ending injured reserve with the next stinger, so he's done. Donald's probably not going to play on a short week, high ankle sprain. We know Cup is still out. So this is really a Rams team that is injury depleted. The Raiders are on a high. Two-game win streak. Derek Carr to Devontae Adams connection is going strong. Josh Jacobs, as you mentioned, he is running with a purpose. And he wants that contract. And he's earning every bit of it. And so I like the Raiders here, JJ. 26-17. Don't discount the Rams because they did put up a fight against the Seahawks with John Wolford. They're not going to go down quietly. But I like the Vegas Raiders to win their third consecutive game. 
Yeah, I'm with you with this. Uh, I picked the Raiders the last two times, last two weeks, and they haven't failed me, man. Like I said, they're stepping up. They heard the noise, and their stars has a line in Vegas. You know, they're on a three-game winning streak. Uh, like you say, Josh Jacobs is running wild. I told you he's one of my MVPs for this week. Um, they did a great job. I mean, the defensively, they're stepping up. Max Crosby, he has 3.5 sacks um, since week 11. Chandler Jones, he had a quiet year this year, but he's finally stepping up in a big way and two or three sacks last week, too. So, yeah, give me the law. I like, I like the Vegas I like the Vegas uh, um, Raiders right now. Give me the one to go against the, um, the Rams. I like them. Texans 1-10-1 at the Dallas Cowboys 9-3. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah. My parents were at the game on Sunday night, so they were fired up, and it was cool to see all their videos. They just trampled the Colts, and I expect them to do the same to them Houston Texans, JJ. Now, I understand the NFL, any given day, teams are going to put their best effort forward against the Dallas Cowboys, and this is an interstate rivalry. You've been a part of it, Texans and Cowboys, before. There's been some epic battles back when Romo was playing and Watt was still a Texan. But I like Dallas to win here 34-17 rather comfortably. Kyle Allen took over as a starting quarterback for the Texans a couple of weeks ago. Well, that experiment hasn't gone much better than Davis Mills. You saw the Browns defense feasting on turnovers in Houston on Sunday. Look for this Dallas defense that has really terrorized opposing quarterbacks to go at it again offensively. The Cowboys are firing in all cylinders. Zeke and Pollard get almost 200 yards together on Sunday. They're sticking to the run game. CeeDee Lamb is stepping up. Michael yeah. Gallup with two touchdowns. So I like Dallas to continue this momentum forward, routing their interstate rival 34-17 all Dallas Cowboys. Absolutely. Um, I'm not going to even take a lot of time with this. We know what Dallas can do. I think Dallas is on a mission. Uh, Dallas, you know, in times like this, they know they got to do with some in-state rival, but we all know who runs the state of, uh, the state of Texas. Say it and louder, baby. Say it louder. <laughs> we all know who run the state of Texas, and that's the Dallas Cowboys. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go Dallas Cowboys, man, for all the reasons you point out. Their defensive line is doing a great job of getting after the quarterback. Their linebackers are stuffing the run. The offense is getting the consistency. Even though they started a little shaky against the Colts, they came back in a big way and showed, um, showed adversity and showed grit, man. So give me the Dallas Cowboys with a big win over the Houston Texans. Jets 7-5 at the Buffalo Bills 9-3. Another AFC East battle and a pivotal one at that. The Jets enter this game two games back of the Buffalo Bills, who now sit atop the division following that Dolphins loss. The Jets lost to the Vikings. Close game. Mike White did turn over the ball. JJ, I'm going to go ahead and keep this pretty short and simple. I like the Bills here at home. Bills Mafia, you know, they're fired up because let's not forget, they had a home Mm -hmm. game stolen from them when they had to move to Detroit when that snowstorm came in. And so they are eagerly anticipating the Bills to get back and play at their home stadium. And so they're going to be fired up, breaking tables left and right. And so I like the Bills to win here, J.J., 29-16. I like what I saw from Josh Allen last time out against the Patriots. You can tell his elbow injury is starting to get better. He's throwing the ball with more zip. They're running the football finally, and they're sticking to it with Singletary, and James Cook is emerging as well. I like the Bills to get the job done against the New York Jets, 29-16. 
Absolutely. We know what happened last time in MetLife, but I don't think that's going to be another mix-up. I think they had time to lick their wounds, get up, get better, improve, and that's what they did, man. The New York Jets had a lot of opportunities to beat Minnesota. Um, they had kicked too many field goals for me. They was one for six in the red zone, one on being a touchdown. White did a good job of pushing the ball down the field, 369 yards. But I just think, like you say, for all the reasons, Buffalo is going back to Buffalo, getting 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 a chance to stay home, sleep in their bed, get some good rest, and get a chance to play in front of a one of the best um, one of the best fans base in the NFL. So Buffalo here um, should be, but might be close, but I think I don't think it will be. But give me Buffalo. Browns five and seven at the Bengals eight and four. Deshaun Watson. This will be his second game back from suspension. He did look rusty against the Texans, throwing for no touchdowns, one interception, did lose a fumble. Now they go to Cincinnati, a team that is red hot, knocked off the Kansas City Chiefs. Joe Burrow, he is in rhythm with that offense, even with Chase just working his way back into the lineup. Joe Mixon didn't even play, so Samaj P. Ryan holding it down defensively. They're playing with physicality. Sam Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson. I look for them to get after Deshaun Watson on Sunday, JJ. And this is a dangerous Bengals team. They're once again reminding everybody that they are indeed a threat to get back to the Super Bowl with the way they've been playing. And as long as they can execute the way they have been, I like them to win this game 27-23 over one of their bitter rivals. Give me the Bengals and Joe Burrow. Absolutely. Uh, the Bengals have a little history and a little a little struggle against the Browns. They're not like 0-2 the last time they faced each other. But this is a different Cincinnati team coming out this week. Uh, they show their improvements. They show their, they're out for business. They, put, they took care of a great team that they may see later on in the AFC pitcher, uh, playoff pitcher. But, um, yeah, Cincinnati right now, man, I, I've got to get my hats off to the two safeties they have there in Bates as well as Bell. They're playing some great, phenomenal football. Tenums, one of the best Tenums in the league, as well as Mike Hilton coming off doing some different things in the slot. He's a key player to always watch and keep your eye on. But, yeah, Cincinnati, I think their offense, uh, I do expect Deshaun Watson to play a little bit better in his second game. It does take time to get a feel of the floor of the game, uh, get a feel for your players underneath the lights and um, in real life. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Game-like situation. So, but I still think Sensi is just a little too too powerful right now. Give me Sensi to, um, to beat Cleveland. Vikings 10 and 2 at the Lions 5 and 7. JJ, I'm getting the urge of the upset special of the week. Something <laughs> cooking in the kitchen, but I don't know if I want to commit to it just yet, though, JJ, because this is a dangerous Vikings team, and I've ridden the Vikings all the way, even when the Cowboys smashed them, which was beautiful to watch, but they're still a dynamic team. And I know this is going to be a tightly contested ball game. 
but I'm going to still give it to the favorites, the Minnesota Vikings, winning a shootout in Detroit, 33-27. The Lions, they've been in almost every single game. We saw it again on Thanksgiving when they should have beaten the Bills if it wasn't for that late collapse and time management. And they're coming off a convincing stomping of the Jacksonville Jaguars where that offense is humming. Jamison Williams is back. They're first round pick and he's another dynamic weapon that Goff is finding out in space but right now Minnesota I like what they have in that front seven Zadarius Smith Daniel Hunter I think that'll be a problem for Jared Goff they'll get to him early and so I like the Vikings to win 33-27 Justin Jefferson he'll end up taking over this game and so for those reasons I think Minnesota is able to squeak out of victory in a tough environment against a surging team. I smell an upset week. I smell an upset week. Uh-oh. I'm going Detroit Lions Uh-oh. here. I'm going Detroit Lions here to pull it off in Motown, man. They've done some great things over the week. They scored in the first six, eight series of their series last games last week, and they're doing some great things, man. I like Swift for what he's going. I like their defense. I like their uh, the defense, the cornerbacks that they have with the Lions to match up good against those. It's an in-state rival. Um, not in-state rival, but it's a conference game, and I think Detroit knows what Minnesota weaknesses and strengths is. I think they're going to master it. Give me Detroit to upset Uh-oh. Minnesota Uh-oh. and Motown. <laughs> As we're talking right now, JJ, I'm circling in this game because that's one of the head-to-head matchups I'm going to be keeping tabs on on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was one that I had circled for even a time back, man. Like I say, uh, Detroit has done a good job, man. They they found a way to get it done. We knew early on in the season they was playing some great games. Just had to had the time to kind of get together and figure out what their rhythm is towards the end of the game situations. And they've done a good job of doing it. They beat some good teams um, on the road as well as home too. And I think Minnesota, um, you know, I don't think I don't want them to get too comfortable. But I know how it is when you're winning and you, things are going right for you. It's easy to kind of overlook a team like Detroit that's on a mission that has a great front office, uh, great coaching staff that actually played the played the game and understand the game and I think they find a way to pull it off I'll say about one or two points but I'm going to Detroit next matchup Jaguars 4-8 and eight at the Tennessee Titans 7-5 and five. Tennessee on a two game losing streak and again I told you JJ injury depleted team them and the 49ers they have not had good luck with injuries and Jacksonville I mean again I talked about this team being a roller coaster type of team one week they look like man this is a team that's going to turn the corner and then they lay an egg like they did against the lions on sunday where they just got blasted on both sides of the ball and then they had that big victory against the ravens at home trevor lawrence looked great i gave him my player of the week but too inconsistent jj even though tennessee right now is reeling they'll be back at home We'll see what the availability is of Traylon Burks, their first-round wide receiver who's in concussion protocol. But even without him, Derrick Henry has been bottled up these last two or three weeks. Uncommon for Derrick Henry. I look for this game, and you know he has it out for the Jaguars every single time they play. Derrick Henry goes off for a buck fifty or more. This will be a monster game from Derrick Henry. The Titans get the win 23-17. 
Absolutely. Uh, I told you last week, man, Jacksonville, they'll win one good impressive game, then they're going to roller coaster, losing another one. So um, it's just too inconsistent. But I think they, they, they got some great stepping stones in the right direction. But like you say, for all the reasons, Tennessee, man, we know what Mike Raber does. He lick his chops. He does a good job of facing adversity and getting his team prepared to get ready to make a push. Give me Tennessee Titans here to uh, Derek here to run through the Jacksonville Jaguars defense. Philadelphia Eagles, 11-1 at the New York Giants, 7-4-1, coming off that tie with the Commanders. And this was a game that I thought about making my upset pick of the week, but I just can't. I've tried picking against the Eagles many times, JJ, trying to, trying to jinx them. But maybe if I pick them to win, maybe they'll lose. So let's try that this time. I think Philadelphia gets the win, 31-20. The Giants, I would feel better about them being able to win this game, but offensively, and this is also due to injuries, they just don't have enough right now. Daniel Jones doesn't have enough weapons around him, nor is he efficient or effective enough in the past game to make defenses hurt. Barkley can only do so much by himself, and Philly has one of the top rush defenses in the NFL, so if they can lock down on Barkley, they're going to really take away a lot of that Giants attack, and so Hurts is playing really well. They give issues to defenses with A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Miles Sanders running the rock well, so I think Philly here by 11, J.J., yeah, I like Philly too, man. Um, Hurts is doing a good job of, of making the MVP case, good push. He's doing a good job when teams come his way that needs to be taken care of and, and beat. He does that. And um, like I said, they're feeding off of it. Like you say, the Giants is kind of hurt right now. Like I told you, the teams that stay the most healthiest right now overcome uh, the injury bug, push through adversity, and run the ball well, which everything lines up with Philly in this category. Um, give me Philly to take care of the dub. Ravens 8-4 at the Steelers 5-7. and seven. Here we go. Upset Uh-oh. pick of the week. JJ, three in a row, three dubs for my guy Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm going with Pittsburgh here. Talked about Lamar Jackson's injury. He's unlikely to play. It'll be Tyler Huntley to get the start. The Steelers, I'm telling you what, and I said it last week, I picked them to beat the Falcons, and I know you went with your hometown Dirty Birds, but the Steelers are turning a corner, and at 5-7, and seven, just like the Vegas Raiders, They are lurking in the playoff picture, J.J., and Kenny Pickett continues to take positive steps forward defensively. T.J. Watt has rejuvenated the unit. They're playing hard. Cam Hayward with the veteran leadership. You're seeing Najee Harris and George Pickens come alive on the outside. This Pittsburgh team all of a sudden I think needs to be put on the radar I like them to win on Sunday. A close physical game as Raven-Steelers games always are. 2016, Pittsburgh with a win. My upset special of week 14. Yeah, uh, man, I'm still, it's it's a tough one, man. Because when you go to these rivals, and then, like I said, especially the Baltimore and Pittsburgh rivals is one of the best ones. And I was actually able to be a part of it. And this game here can make or break you. Um, I do like Huntley a lot uh, under the center, uh, but I just think, like you say, for Mike Tumblin, Mike Tumblin is on a, a mission. Uh, he took care of business down here in Atlanta, and he's been taking care of business for the last few weeks, Monday night against the Colts, too. Um, but I like Pittsburgh. I do. I Like I told you, it was going to be a dark horse contender, um, and I think there's going to still make a playoff push, which is you know, which is good for Mike Tumblin in a sense. So um, for all the good reasons that you say for T.J. Watt, the secondary is playing a good job. 
Fitzpatrick's uh, is doing what he does is always picking things off and coming up clutch in the clutch situations. I think their their veteran defense and presence is going to be just a little too much without Lamar Jackson. Give me Pittsburgh as well. Chiefs nine and three at the Broncos three and nine. I'm taking Kansas City here, JJ. Don't have to really explain much considering how ineffective that offense has been. Russell Wilson, they don't have a run game. They lost their starting running back earlier this season, Javante Williams, and now they have Latavius Murray and Mike Boone. It's just not working for Nathaniel Hackett right now. Kansas City coming off a loss. They're going to be pissed off. They're going to want to go in and make a statement and remind everybody that they are still the number one seed in the AFC. And so I expect them to do just that. 24-13, rather low-scoring game because Denver's defense in that secondary led by Pat Sertan, they're a tough unit, but Kansas City will get the win just because Denver's offense really showing no signs of life. Yeah, defense have done a big things in Denver, man. But like I say, defense can't, can't really put up the points like offense can. So we're going to need an offense to do something. And Russell Wilson, man, and, and, and I'm not blaming on Russell Wilson. I'm just going to say the Denver, Denver Broncos offense have kind of failed to expectations this year. Um, but like you say, for all the reasons, Mahomes, man, those guys, once they uh, take get the L in their in their mouth, man, they don't take it very lightly. So give me Kansas City here to uh, to take care of business up in Denver. Tampa, 6-6 six and six at the 49ers, 8-4. This will be the first start for Brock Purdy. And Tom Brady did it again. They are trailing by multiple possessions late with three minutes to go. I don't know how the Saints squandered that lead, but the Bucks they gave the ball back to Tom Brady late in the game. He wins it, gets him to 500, and they are still sitting atop the NFC South. I like San Francisco here, JJ, even though they're going to be with Brock Purdy. I think he showed enough offensively. And Tampa, their offense is way too unpredictable. The way that they looked for most of the game again last night, it was atrocious. They turned it on late with Tom Brady engineering the up-tempo offense. But going against the best defense in the NFL, we saw what they did to Tua and the Dolphins. I think they're going to be hungrier again. Now they understand that there's going to be more placed on their back to win these games as they get Brock Purdy acclimated. I like the Niners here. They do enough on offense with Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel getting involved, and George Kittle. 23-16, give me the Niners over the Bucks. Uh, that was a great performance by Tom Brady, man. My hats is off to him. Um, just still, just still to be able to go out here and do the things he do at the age he does, man. Every second on the count, on the on the on the clock, really matters with him. So um, make sure we give our flowers to Tom Brady for what he's been doing and over the years and over the last few you know years at the age he's doing that. But like you say, San Francisco, man, they're playing lights out. Their defense is playing great ball. Defense win game. Defense win championships. And uh, San San Francisco has the right recipe for that. I'm on the Brock train right now, so give me San Fran to take care of business against Tampa Bay. Panthers 4-8 at the Seahawks 7-5. Carolina coming off a bye week. It'll be Sam Darnold starting. I like the Seahawks here. Geno Smith really showed some poise late in that game against the Rams on Sunday. Leading and engineering the game-winning drive. Kenneth Walker, unfortunately, did suffer an ankle strain, so his availability is unknown. But even without him, they have Travis Homer. They have DJ Dallas. As long as DK Metcalf is healthy on the outside, JJ, I like Seattle to get the win here. Those young defensive backs continue to grow leaps and bounds each and every single week. Although Carolina has been a very tough team, they've been able to run the ball very well with Deontay Foreman, and so I do not discount Steve Wilkes getting his team ready coming off a bye week. It'll be closer than some people expect. I still like Seattle 21-17.
Yeah, I like what Geno Smith doing. I like the culture they building. I like the young defense players that they having on the outside. Um, I like uh, what what all Seattle brings. I think Carolina right now is kind of um, they they win one, lose one. They're kind of in the mix of you know trying to figure out their situation. But I still like Seattle, the Big Twelve up in Seattle. So give me um, give me Seattle here to take care of business. Couple more matchups. We're in the primetime slots here. The Miami Dolphins. This game was flexed. To Sunday Night Football, 8-4, coming off a loss to the San Francisco 49ers. Taking on the L.A. Chargers, 6-6, six six, that are coming off a loss as well. Losing a game to the Las Vegas Raiders, they're back at home. And they really are in a dire situation, J.J., because you know they're not going to win the division with the Chiefs. And so they're going to have to get in with a wild card. And 6-6, six and six, you know a loss can really put another major dent in their playoff hopes. And so for those reasons, I'm actually going to go another upset here, JJ. I'm going with the Chargers. I like what Justin Herbert has been able to do. He's finally got Keenan Allen healthy. Mike Williams has still been out. We'll see what his status is for this Sunday. But that defense is going to have to answer the bell for the Chargers. Khalil Mack, Derwin James, they have not been as good as they've been alluded to at the beginning of the season. I think they find some ways to make some turnovers on Tua Tungavailoa, and they get a narrow win, 34-31 over the Miami Dolphins. Not so fast, my friend. I'm going 305-day county, socket to them. I like what they're doing, even though they took a loss to a great team over there in uh, San Francisco. Uh, I think they just have a little too much firepower at the receiver position and running back position. Their defense, I think they're going to respond to it. Melvin Ingram coming off the edge, and he's going back to a former team that he's uh, familiar with as well. So I just think the Los Angeles Chargers, they have a couple of injury bugs, a little too much. I want to get more from their running game. And once they get more of their running game, I think that'll take a lot of pressure off of Herbert and their defense as well. But give me Miami right here to take care of business out in L.A. Now to close out week number 14, J.J., Monday Night Football, Patriots 6-6, six and six, another team that's vying for a wild card spot at the Arizona Cardinals who are on life support 4-8. and eight. I think their playoff chances are all pretty much gone unless they can win out and get a whole lot of help elsewhere. I like Arizona here, even though the Patriots right now are currently the better team. Arizona does have more talent, at least on their offense. We haven't seen Kyler Murray put it all together, and I know there's been a lot of reports about turmoil and Kyler Murray's lack of leadership in the locker room, and Cliff Kingsbury is a guy that's been on the hot seat, and a lot of Arizona fans wanting him fired, and so things have not been jolly in Arizona But because of New England and their inability to put together a potent offense, I mean, you have Matt Patricia, a former defensive coordinator, calling plays, ruining Mac Jones, not giving him situations to grow his game. And yes, you can run the ball, but you can only do that for so long. And so when you have Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, Rondale Moore, James Conner, they'll overwhelm him at home. 27-16, I like the Cardinals. Oh, wow. Uh, that's a good one. Uh, man, I, I, the, the Cardinals uh, really was a team that I had a lot of expectations for them just because they had a lot of familiar faces coming back. Uh, Colin Murray got the money that he deserved, as well as the defense. They had a lot of great players in Buda Baker and um, Anthony, Antonio Hamilton on the outside as well. Uh, but, you know, 
I'm just seeing some inside things and some traits that I, I disagree with with Arizona. I'm gonna go New England, man. I think New England um, is going to turn around this week. I think they're going to do a good job defensively to draw some different looks for Kyler Murray that he hasn't seen and kind of they've been kind of been uh, struggling with as well. And I think they're going to do a good job of running the football too with Stevenson. So give me New England right here to, to take care of business on Monday Night Football. All right, well, that's three matchups that you and I have opposed each other, and so it makes it interesting for all our listeners, and we will revisit those when we return next Tuesday, JJ. But week 14, man, that's the slate of games. We got plenty of action coming our way in a couple of nights. It'll kick off on Thursday Night Football. But as always, JJ, it's always a pleasure, man, getting you on the podcast, talking things through, and we'll see where we stand next Tuesday when we come live on the Pro Football Chase podcast. Absolutely, Isaac. You know it's always a blessing, man, and a pleasure to be on here with you and to talk some good football. It's week 14, man. We almost we almost to the end, man. We're getting close to the playoffs, and we all know how things can shake up between now and then. So I'm excited. Hopefully my records and my, my teams can come through for me this week so I can get back on top. But as always, Isaac, you know it's, a, it's an honor, man, and blessings to be hey. on this podcast. Thank you. Hey, well, do me a favor. Give your son a hug for me. Happy birthday to him. I hope he enjoys yes, his sir. day and, and give him some cake, man. Man, let him feast on it and uh, <laughs> and enjoy, man. I, that's that's a special day. Yes, I will. Thank you. He's standing at the door waiting on me now, man, waving at me. So he told me to tell you thank you and uh, and the go Cowboys. Ah, uh, yes, sir. Go Cowboys. Blessings, JJ. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a four fifty-five meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.